I'm Drew. And I'm John. This episode and every future episode is dedicated to the horror hounds and smokers out there who want to expand their knowledge of the genre and have a good time. If you listened to last week's episode and follow us on social media, then you know that on this episode we're talking about Last Shift. Last Shift is scary as shit. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend that you go buy a copy. But it is available on Voodoo to stream for free if you're not into physical media. Okay. Tisk, tisk, shame on I you. Mean, I don't have the storage area, okay? Okay. Uh, well, anyway, John and I are going to discuss the film. And uh, with us here today, we have the main antagonist of Last Shift, Joshua Michael. Payment himself? Yeah, that's right. And he's going to spill his guts to us in an exclusive interview. Plus, we're smoking some primo bud that's going to put us down for the three count. And a film that John and I have loved since high school turns 21 years old this week. All that and more today on High on Horror. Interviews, reviews, and the latest news all rolled into one. Now it's time for Strain Wreck, the segment where John and I discuss which strain we're getting wrecked on in each episode. This week, we both brought that gas. I have Smackdown, a new Indica strain that'll put you on your candy ass. These nugs are purple and orange, and they're covered in crystals. They almost look white in this one picture that I took. It's crazy. Uh, it even has the rock on the with the title on the bag. John, check it out. Yeah, dude, this shit has a real fruity smell to it. Uh, yeah, and on the bag, yeah, it's the rock with the old school like six hundred dollars shirt. He's wearing. He's got the big bald eagle title. Yeah, the bald eagle title. Classic rock. That's. That's what The Rock looked like when I met him. Yeah. And only had to pay $30 to get an autograph and a photo. There's no way in today's world I would pay $30 to get an autograph and a photo. His autograph would go for a lot more than $30 nowadays, too. He's a fucking big-ass Hollywood actor. Yeah, and I mean, it was like an 8x10 photo they gave you of him with the belt, and it was like autographed, and like, I mean, he was a real nice guy, like like when I met him. Yeah, you said he was nice. I haven't heard anything bad about him. He seems like a humble guy. He seems like a humble guy, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh. I've, I've, I've always liked The Rock. The Rock's funny as shit. Well, but uh, what do you got over there? What do you bring into the table? I got uh, that Sequencher. I don't know. How, I showed you the name of it. Oh, yeah, Sequencher. Yeah, let me Se- see. Oh, what the? For those of you listening, I'm smelling this right now, and it's, oh, wow. It's like definitely got like a diesel smell. It's definitely diesel, but it's got that earthy, like a little sweet earthy smell as well. I can't wait to try this shit. Yeah, then we got, I got it in a, one of those King Palms. I got it in that Berry Terps. Oh, the Berry Terps? Is that, there's two. Which one is the, uh, there's Berry Terp and what's I the put, other one? And then I got the Smackdown and the uh, Passion Fruit. I don't know why the King Palms listed as Fruit Passion. It's kind of <laughs> weird, but. I don't know. Maybe there's a trademark on it or something. I don't know. It's yeah, weird. Yeah, the Sequencers, it's a, uh, I think, uh, let me see. It's, it says it's only 15% on the bag, but. Pretty sure it was uh, more than that when I looked at it. Actually, no, it's only it's sixteen point eight percent. It's not high in THC, uh, but it's yeah. The Sequencers is an indica dominant hybrid, and like yeah, it has that sweet candy flavor, consistent of like Skittles, grapes, sweet citrus. It's supposed to be good for anti-anxiety, anti-nausea. So you know, after them Taco Bell runs, she'll just hit a big uh, fat bong pack of this, and it'll be good. <laughs> Taco Bell runs, nice. Yeah, you got you got to fight them Taco Bell guts somehow, bro. All right, bro. Well, you know what? Just laid something up. <laughs> um. Uh, by the way, uh, okay. So here's today's discussion that I that I wanted to bring to the table. Um, according to Screen Rant, Bruce Campbell said that he'd be down to do Ash's voice in an animated Evil Dead series. How would you feel about that? 
I mean, I'm, I mean, Bruce Campbell, Walking Dead, or Walking Dead. Jesus <laughs> Christ, that would have been interesting. Yeah, and, and by the way, he just took a hit of the blow when he said that, so I'm gonna <laughs> forgive him. That's that. That's that. That's that good shit kicking in. Anyway, Bruce Campbell, Evil Dead. I mean, yeah, sign me up. Like that's his role. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely in. Um, I'd love to see like a super gory, funny Evil Dead cartoon. You know, um, fuck yeah, even if. Uh, they wanted to pick it up like as another season of Ash vs. Evil Dead and do it in like the animated way. Uh, I'd support that. Uh, I hope they do do something. Uh, you know, Netflix would maybe be up for something like that, but I know Shutter would be trying to obtain that bad boy. But well, would Shutter be able to afford it? That's what I'll, I don't know if they have the reach. That's what I was gonna I say. I mean, because there's been a lot of movie. Well, I won't say a lot, but I've seen movies that you know have been were originally supposed to be shutter releases and then like Netflix or somebody come in and like swoop in and take it from them. Well, that's, I feel that at this point now it would end up on like HBO max or something. I mean, I don't feel that, uh, I don't feel that they would end up fucking around with, um, what was the fucking network that they got canceled on? I can't even remember the fucking network that, uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead. I'm so horrible right now. What is stars? Wrong with me? Stars. That's it. Stars. I don't, I don't know if they would go back to stars, honestly. Like, I don't, I feel that after like being canceled, I don't feel that they'd be like, Hey, you want to do it? Like, I feel that it would be like HBO max or something like that. Um, I don't know that Netflix. stars would be interested. I think, yeah, that's very true too. I don't, I obviously, I don't, I feel like I could speak for both of us. We don't know what the, what, what the media rights are on that. If somebody would have to buy it from stars or how that would go. But yeah, I think somebody could definitely pick it up. I mean, feels like a lot of the we're seeing a lot of the horror from our childhood start cycle back around joe bob's back elvira had a special you know they brought back you know evil dead as a series yeah it's, it's a good day to be a horror fan for hocus pocus is coming back like yeah all that it's like it's cool to be a nerd it's cool to be a horror fan all of a sudden like finally society has has allowed horror, us horror to goes bleed in, in a little bit yeah, that's true. That's true. You had the 80s to the early 90s, and it kind of dipped. And then in the early 2000s, it kind of came back. And now kind of dipped back down again with mainstream. And now it's kind of coming back. I mean, there's screams back. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, but uh, I wanted to say also, by the way, uh, speaking of Evil Dead, um, I just want to say, man, like, I cannot wait to get baked with you and play the new Evil Dead game. Uh, Evil Dead, the game that comes out next month by Saber Interactive. That game looks fucking amazing. Yeah, I'm excited. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to play that. And then, I mean, it's not the only horror game that's coming out either. No, uh, actually, um, well, before I go into what I was going to say about Evil Dead, what, what horror games are coming out that you're interested in? They're, uh, working on the, um, Like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, that's game. right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, we posted about that. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's very true. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that. The trailer looked amazing. And I haven't played Dead by Daylight in a while, but it looks like they've added in all kinds of shit to the game now. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I still have never played that game, but I'm, I'm going to make, I, you, make I me play that. I still loved playing the Friday the 13th game online, as broken as it was at times. That shit was fun. Playing it's still online. fun, man. I loved even playing solo, like just just one, just playing by myself offline, like just going against the computer was always fun. Um, but uh, so look, I I used to own and had beaten every Evil Dead game on PlayStation One and Two. Like so, my my I never played any of them. Well, that's what I was gonna say. My completest anxiety says that I have to play and beat this new game, 
And that's why I was going to ask you if you got to play any of the games and you just answered you never played any of them. No, I never got to play any of those, unfortunately. Um, I never even really knew they were out. There was never really much marketing behind them. Correct. Yeah. I do remember. I remember the one game and then I looked it up and I think there was what two or three for the very first evil dead game you might remember this if i say i guarantee you you're going to be like oh shit either you're not going to remember it or i'm going to blow your mind during uh it was it was during a during wwe it was right after wwe changed to wwf changed to wwe and there was a commercial for the very first evil dead game and they played it during raw for a couple weeks and it was literally like people like playing the game or something like that and then the commercial ends with like ashes like in front of his front yard like trimming the hedges with his chainsaw hand and it was bruce campbell in the trailer i remember thinking like oh shit and like that you don't remember that no i'm trying to think of it if we watch if we look it up on youtube we'll look it up on youtube later it'll probably ring a bell um but, uh, yeah, so I bought the first game and the manual. Remember, like, I, how I used to buy games? I mean, it still exists, but how you would buy, like, the game manuals that tell you all the tricks yeah, and shit? Now, now all that's online. <laughs> like, you'll, you'll buy a game and it'll just tell you to go online or look in the menus. But, yeah, I miss I miss getting manuals and games. Well, yeah, I bought the first game and the manual off of that weird guy, Leon, who we used to uh, go to high school with. <laughs> yeah, Do you remember I Leon? Talking about Le- Leon Rash, right? Yes, you remember his last yeah. name. Yes, I couldn't remember his name. His name his <laughs> if my he's life. listening, he's probably mad, but dude, I doubt he's listening. Dude, dude, I don't dude. know if that kid's probably still alive. He probably died at something. Dingy looking bastard. <laughs> Damn, that's messed up. <laughs> no, but uh, I remember, like, dude, I, I just remember, like, he had it, uh, just a horror fan of me was like, I don't want to be around this guy. Sorry, Leon, but I had, <laughs> but I wanted to buy the Evil Dead, Dead games so bad, and I just remember this dude sitting next to me in class, and I, I don't know if he was trying to be cool or if he was being genuine, but he just like randomly his conversations would just be like, you know, uh, yeah, man, you ever just like have fun, just like you know, sitting in the sun drinking deer blood. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, my dad kills deers. Yeah, he's like, he's like, my dad kills deers and like puts the you know the blood in like jugs or whatever. And I just like to sit on the porch on a hot sunny day and just sip the barrels or sip the bottles. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm buying something off of this guy? Like you think I'd be buying drugs off of him or something? Yeah, real fucked up ones. (laughs) But uh, what do you got going on this week in horror history? This week in horror history. All right, so this week we have Fallen, and it turns 24. It came out in 1998. Fallen is such an underrated movie. Uh, I don't even think it's underrated. It's just forgotten. Nobody seems to remember that movie, but it's one that uh, everyone who does remember it loves it. Um, It's Denzel Washington and John Goodman, so that's a winner right fucking there. Uh, I do like John Goodman. Right, and uh, it's them investigating a murder case that turns out to be a matter of possession where the demon can change bodies just by touch. And it has one of the most insane twist endings that you'll never see coming, and it really gets under your skin. Everything about it is brilliant, phenomenal acting. Uh, We have Cloverfield turns 14 from 2008. I'm a fan. Uh... It's a good movie for sure. Nothing will ever beat the first time seeing it, though. I saw it in theaters, and that stuck with me. After that, it's kind of like it's just never the same. Uh, The classic from 1986 turning 36 years old, Troll. I remember watching that. My dad had it on, like, recorded on You mean little uh, short Ron Jeremy? (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) I never thought of it that way, but yeah. As a kid, when I saw it, it's it's funny because, like, my dad had it recorded on a VHS with a bunch of other movies. And like, I remember one Friday night, I guess my mom went out or something. It was just me and my dad. And like, we, we popped that on. I didn't remember it being that bad as a kid. But then when I got older, I'm like, Oh yeah, this movie's horrible. 
dude it's funny because my son will watch pumpkin head and fucking silver bullet and shit like that and i go to put troll on for him and it scares the shit out of him he will like cry and like throw a tantrum and i'm like <laughs> why funny. of all the things like the silly <laughs> things like troll it's so like i feel like i could make that troll with some clay right now in like three hours you know what i mean it's not good but yeah like i remember i was probably i was older than him at the time i was i was probably like 10 or 11 but like yeah i'd I thought the movie was scary as a kid and I enjoyed it, but yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> when you get older and watch it, it's, it's a good movie, but I'm sorry, man. Uh, trolls troll two is where it's at. <laughs> I'm one of the, it's so bad. It's good crowd. Uh, moving on. We have Halt tension. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. It's halt or halt. Halt. Uh, halt. <laughs> <laughs> From 2003, it was released in the U S as high tension in 2005 turning 17 you had me watch that movie oh yeah and i still remember the fucking lawnmower scene and i was like yeah french movies don't fuck around i said i i didn't expect them to kill the kid and be so brutal oh yeah oh yeah and uh and uh yeah like the the i mean that was the first film that i saw by alex aja and that was why i was like you gotta watch this like that was i think your first movie yeah. by him as well and uh since we followed everything that he's done man yeah and it's pretty damn good everything he's done is good and that movie fucked me up it's so goddamn bloody like you just said it's so gory and it's so brutal and it is scary like it's so tense man and uh the twist is insane the the trucker face fucking a severed head in his truck I mean the decapitation uh, on the stairs using a oh, dresser. Man, yeah, that's I won't ever forget that one. <laughs> that blew my mind. That's my favorite decapitation ever. And uh, there's so many good moments in that movie. I love it. This after this, this is what really started me, started me like dipping my toes into French horror. I found out that you know like French horror was somewhere where the best shit was at, like inside and martyrs, like we'd already talked about. And that was thanks to uh, Alex Aja making me realize, damn, these French people are fucked up. But I love it. Yeah, and he uh, he uh, also did uh, one of our uh, Christmas movies. Well, I had it listed P two, which was another one of his movies. Yeah, that he did. The Hills Have Eyes. He did Gianna. Uh, Gianna he, he did, did Piranha. Gianna Michaels. He Good did, for him. Good for him. He did Piranha with Gianna Michaels, your girl. How, yeah. how can you forget? We almost had her on the show. John tried. <laughs> he did get a response though. That's what matters. He she, framed it. If anybody, if you want to know, Gianna Michael's not into the weeds. <laughs> anyway, I think I'll move on from there. Uh, Tremors, 1990, turned 32 years old. Dude, I love that movie as a kid. I Absolutely don't know how many Tremors. times I've watched it. Tremors, Tremors 2, and then Tremors 3 was okay, and then I didn't really bother with the fourth one. Uh, I mean... I think yeah. I've seen it once or twice. I gave uh, I I watched the third one and that I think I watched the third one once and I was like, yeah, you know what, never mind. But I mean, dude, look, prove me wrong, man. Kevin Bacon and Fred w Ward are a fucking riot together. <laughs> that meme you posted had me dying. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make that. I wish that I could have I wish I could take credit for that. Yeah. But uh it's one of those ones that I could watch on loop and never get sick of. Reba, Reba's in it. Yeah, yeah. And uh yeah, you just you know, no matter how many times you watch, you never get sick of it, never stop laughing. And I will say that Arrow Video did an amazing job on their four K release of it, so I highly recommend picking that up. It's just a fun movie. Agreed. Absolutely. And uh yeah, it's it's just there's nothing to not like about it. I mean, if you don't like Tremors, you just don't like having a good time. And uh, from a uh, little-known director, Quentin Tarantino, from Dust Till Dawn from 1996, turning 26 years old. Oh, and uh, I mean, yeah, I'm a, uh, 
I'm a fan of From Dust Till Dawn. Uh, it's a uh, it's it's a pretty good movie. Um, I'm just you know, it's not the. I think that there's a huge fan base behind that movie, and I mean, I get. I like the Western Mexican style of Robert Rodriguez and Tarantino's writing. It's it's solid, but uh, I just I'm not blown away by it. I'm not as big of a fan as everybody. I've heard people say it's their favorite vampire movie of all time, it's and okay. it's I'm not it's that just big not like that it. for me. I yeah. enjoy it. There's not. I, I don't dislike it, but I don't have it. I've I've watched it a handful of times. I haven't watched it. I I know like. I agree with you. I know some people that have watched it like we've watched Halloween, but it doesn't do it for me. Yeah, that was took the words out of my mouth. That's exactly (laughs) what I was going to say. From 2000, turning 22 years old, American Psycho. I have to return some videotapes. (laughs) One of Christian Bale's best performances. He's perfect in that role. I love that movie to bits. I could go on and on about that one, dude. We're just going to have to do an episode. And what other movie do you have a murder? With Huey Lewis in the news playing, <laughs> what I mean, tip to be square in a in a, in a raincoat, like right, you do just so. I mean, you think we get we could get Christian Bale on here for that? Oh yeah, I feel like Christian Bale definitely come on our show. Me too. I feel, yeah, man, let's do. It. <laughs> I uh, wish. I wish. Maybe we could get a writer. That movie, producer. That that movie uh, blew my mind. Like the first time I saw Fight Club. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what's funny? Christian Bale actually said that everybody else in the movie was like criticizing him, like saying that he was a terrible actor. All the other actors, like they didn't get what he was doing. And then after they saw the movie, they were like, oh shit, never mind. How, how about that sequel they made? Never with Jackie from that 70s show? Never saw it. I saw a thing where she said she had no idea that it was being called American Psycho 2. There was nothing to do with it about being a sequel. I believe that. They probably and then changed they filmed it, last it second. and literally just decided to title it American Psycho 2. Yeah, I can totally see that. They were probably like, where do we brand this? And they were like, you know what? Let's just piggyback off a popular movie and call it a sequel. <laughs> yeah. had no, I, I guess so it has no tie-in apparently. Then. I, had, I, don't, I, don't, I had no idea. Yeah, she, she said she didn't even know Like when she was making the movie it had like a whole different name. Oh, Jesus. Uh, we have from 1983 turning 39 to House on Sorority Row. That is a really good slasher film. Uh, the killer wears a jester costume, which is cool. And there's some good kills in that movie, like finding a severed head in the toilet. Uh, you don't uh, find that too many. Yeah, no. I mean I, I, I mean, I don't know. What would you do if you found a severed head in the toilet? I mean, I guess it depends on the situation. Like, if I'm at a party. Are you still dumping? I mean, if you got to go, you got to go. <laughs> but I'm just going to pretend like I didn't see it and just leave the bathroom. I'm probably going to go throw up. Unless, like, unless there's somebody at the door, then they got Tom, because then that's just weird. Well, <laughs> well, that would be my thing. Is if I saw if if I saw a severed head in the toilet, my first thought is get the fuck out of there because the killer is probably still here. So my first thing would be get the fuck out of there, then puke from being like grossed out and scared and being fat and having ran, <laughs> and then call the cops. <laughs> that that would be my thing. But uh, yeah, uh, this movie. Uh, no, no, no cell phones in '83 to help you though. Oh no! And uh, this movie went over its $125,000 budget and ended up costing like 300000 to make. Jeez. Right. That went way over budget. <laughs> way over budget. And our main attraction this week from 2001 turning 21 years old, Donnie Darko. I feel like if you see it, you have to see uh, the director's cut. I feel like it explains it way, way better. That's the first time I saw it. I remember some chick who was in college in Delaware. I was like hanging out with, and she got me to watch it because I was trying to get with her, you know, (laughs) 
But anyway, yeah, that's how I got exposed to Donnie Darko, and I've I love that movie ever since I've seen it. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of my favorite movies of all time, and I don't, honestly, you know what? I don't care if you think it's emo or whatever. Like <laughs> I, people try to say that emo. that they try to say that movies like that and The Crow are emo, and there's a difference between goth and emo. There really is. Um, but that movie came out at a point in our lives where like it was exactly what we needed. I feel like that. I feel like when you discovered it and when I discovered it, cause it was one of those ones we didn't see together, but we both mutually were like, Oh, you like that movie too. You yeah. know what I mean? And, uh, I remember discussing the movie and the potential possibilities of what happened relentlessly. And like, every time I went to a friend's house at that time, like that's what we were watching. Like it was like, everybody's getting together. What are we putting on tonight? Donnie Darko again. And nobody gave a shit. Everybody was always down to watch it. Why are you wearing that stupid human suit? <laughs> yeah, uh, Frank, the Bunny's awesome. Dude, I'll tell you who's awesome is Patrick Swayze in that movie. Dude, he's so ridiculous. Oh my god, Patrick Swayze. I know he, he doesn't really play. I mean, well, no, he plays scumbags, but like he hasn't really played like a motivational speaker slash like Kitty Diddler. Yeah, you know what I mean. Before and that he, was totally uncharacteristic. Seth Rogen's like a bully. Oh, yeah, he's so young in that movie yeah. too, dude. I forget about him at the bus stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. He's so young in that movie. Uh, cause cause they make fun of the like Asian girl. Yeah. Um, th- did you know that, uh, that this almost, uh, went straight to video and that Christopher Nolan actually had a part in, s- in ensuring that it got released in theaters? I did not know. About I don't Nolan know what involved. he did. I don't know what p- strings he pulled, but he made sure it got I put in theaters. I could see Nolan putting out a movie like Donnie Darko. He probably, yeah, that, I mean, I mean, you know, but, and you know, um, I, I, yeah, I, I, Donnie Darko is, a lot of people bring up, uh, the butterfly effect when they talk about Donnie Darko too, because they're like another time travel movie that, butterfly effect is different though because it's like i feel that everybody likes that movie but like everywhere on the websites and like everywhere like critically it's just thrash but whenever somebody brings up that movie everybody's like oh yeah i like that movie so those are always like two movies especially girls i don't know what it is with females but females really like the butterfly effect and donnie darko nicole really likes the butterfly effect does not like donnie darko she says it's quote stupid okay well there we go we have the first of my first person it's a split yeah okay the first person i've ever heard to say that they liked butterfly effect more but you know what maybe the reason that they're popular amongst females is fucking jake gyllenhaal and ashton kutcher bro maybe that's it maybe maybe yeah. but but, um, but jake gyllenhaal's good as much as much as much as he's like the heartthrob the guy's a great actor he, he yeah he's amazing and uh my yeah like yeah uh He's he's a great actor. I'm a big Jake Gyllenhaal fan. And um here's a knowledge nugget. Uh you can see clips of the animated film Watership Down in the director's cut, and uh that film was the inspiration for Frank the Giant Rabbit. <laughs> nice. And uh I mean, I feel like the best quote of the movie is from Grandma Death. I mean, you don't hear her say it, but every living creature dies alone. Yeah, that is that it's a that's a very morbid and just cold cold yeah. statement but it hits home you know oh, and drew barrymore has like a cameo in it too as, as the teacher a Seller, lot longer Seller than the screen cameo <laughs> yeah 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 she, she definitely lived longer <laughs> the soundtrack is good too yeah what tears, about the soundtrack the, the tear the tears for fear remake yep, by, yep i don't know i don't know the guy that did it but i liked his version but yeah i agree and uh you know like the acting on everybody's part is good the story's dark it's a twisted time warp and you know we both love ambiguous movies you and i like movies that make you think like you always bring up the lighthouse like movies without explanations where you kind of you can put it together but it's never 100 percent certain that that's what it is you know what i mean and and you can have your opinion and you're 100 percent right and i can have my opinion and right 100 percent right right and uh it's you know like 
it, it has a bittersweet ending. It's happy and it's sad at the same time, uh, yet it all comes full circle. I'm going to do it again. Era Video did a great job on their release of this film. The 4K transfer is the end all. Um, but since this uh, film, Jake Gyllenhaal has become one of my favorite actors, as we just said, John. We were just talking about him. So uh, what's your favorite Jake Gyllenhaal film besides Donnie Darko? Mine would probably... Oh, that's hard, man. Are you talking about where he's the lead or just a movie he's in? Cause there's, All right, let's do lead. Because I was going to say lead Nightcrawler is a really underrated... That or Prisoners. Prisoners is amazing. Um, well, I guess he's not... Well, he's one of the main characters in Prisoners. Yeah, it's... uh. It's really. I'm over here thinking. I'm thinking Southpaw, the boxing movie. I'm thinking. I'm one. thinking Southpaw. Yeah. Um. He's just. Yeah. I'm a Jake Gyllenhaal fan, like you said. Uh, Prisoners. My God. My God. What an amazing movie. Again, with the ambiguous ending. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like these movies, man. They're good. Like Jake Gyllenhaal's made a name. Uh, I, I haven't seen Nightcrawler in a minute, but doesn't uh, doesn't Nightcrawler have an ambiguous ending? to be honest i don't really so okay it's been too ending. long to remember on that but one but i remember dude he, he was just so creepy end of watch that's my favorite jake gyllenhaal movie the cop movie end of watch jesus christ that the movie's movie amazing. he's in that i probably like the most is zodiac yeah zodiac's good i haven't seen that one in a long time he's been in so many fucking things it's crazy yeah he was good in uh as mysterio in far from home and you know that's the thing i still have not seen that i bought it on Black Friday at Walmart, like a few years ago when it came out. But I literally, the last Marvel movie that I have watched was um, Homecoming. Like, I watched Homecoming, and then after that, I have not watched a single movie. I'm behind on the Avengers movies. I still haven't seen Iron Man die. Uh, I'm so Spoiler far behind. Alert. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's something that I'm going to do later this year is try to plan like a time and just bust out like all the Marvel movies like chronologically and just start again at the beginning and go through. Cause I, it's, I it's know crazy. what you mean. After Age of Ultron came out, I kind of got marveled out for a while. And just then, comic book in general, you know. Yeah, and but yeah, I like I've always told you, Batman and Spider Man were always like my favorites growing up, but the the Spider Man movies they do now are incredible yeah i know I, i've heard nothing but praise for the new one yeah but uh yeah the one it was the one before no way home it just came out but jake john hall was mysterio in that he was awesome in that i don't I, there's not there's no time i can think of him in a movie and go oh he did a terrible job yeah that's very true yeah i, I agree with that 100 percent. And uh, with that, I think now uh, we'll get into Puff Puff Ask, the segment of our show where we answer questions from listeners on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at HighOnHorror420 and email at HighOnHorror420 at gmail.com and also uh, through our website, HighOnHorror.com. All right, I'll, I'll go first. This one is simple and to the point. Uh, Mark from Elkton, Maryland asks Halloween 5, Friday the 13th 5, or Nightmare 5. <laughs> well, all of those fucking suck. <laughs> um, I guess that's the point of the question. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, it's a funny question because they're all bad, honestly. Uh, I'm going to say Halloween 5 for the win because uh, uh, just because of the kills and the overall dark tone. A New Beginning is a solid Friday the 13th film, uh, but there's just no Jason. Besides that, it's a fucking good Friday movie. If Jason was the killer and not Roy, I think the reaction to the, to that film overall would have been way better. Um, the movie and kills are fine. I like it more than Halloween 5 as a movie, if I'm being honest, but I'd rather watch Halloween 5 because of Donald Pleasance. Um, the Dream Child 
is fucking atrocious. Uh, by far the worst of these three films, in my opinion. Um, I really don't find the jokes, the one-liners funny. Uh, the kids' acting is fucking terrible. And uh, it's just not a fun watch for me. Freddy's death is cool, but that's about it. Yeah, I was going back and forth. Uh, Freddy wasn't in consideration. It was between Friday and Halloween. And then you mentioned the no Jason in part five. And I'm like, okay. But then I think about Halloween five and I'm like, Michael cries. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then I go back to five and I'm like, I don't know. I, there's no better line or the, my, my favorite part is when the dude gets real mad and leaves the candy bar. Uh, yeah. I can't remember his name, but he, he leaves the candy bar and then he, he chops it and then he just axes him in the back. Like there's no scene in Halloween five that I enjoy more, but Donald Pleasance is the best actor in any of those movies. It's a tough call and it's not because they're both good. <laughs> it's just like, which one? Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, which one would I rather suffer and, through? Breaking it down that way, I want to say Friday the 13th Part 5, but when I think about which one of those movies have I watched more, it's been Halloween 5. So I guess I would have to go with Halloween 5, even though everything in my brain tells me I should pick Friday the 13th Part 5, but I always watch Halloween 5 more. But Well, yeah. regardless of your opinion, I think if that's the case, <clears throat> sorry, I think that uh, Halloween 5 wins just by uh, pure rewatchability for you. Yeah, and like... Freddy, you know, the dream child, I I don't know that I've watched that 10 times. Yeah, true. Yeah, that one wasn't even in consideration. But I was thinking about, I was looking at some other uh, movies that had sequels. What about uh, Psycho 5? No. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I don't even know which one that is. I guess that'd be the reboot let me think hold on there's the first one in texas 2 then there's leatherface the third one then there's next generation the fourth one with matthew mcconaughey yeah so then the fifth one that would be the 2003 um jessica beale uh one and that one's actually pretty good though <laughs> uh hellraiser oh shit saw five saw five wasn't horrible hellraiser five was horrible oh uh, yeah i mean i gave up after three bro i don't even like three i don't know why three so fucking yeah, i don't popular. know why people like three three killed it for me when you when you have watched hellraiser two and then three the ball drops so far and then i just feel that everybody like nobody sees that everybody's like yeah i still like three and i'm like how i don't know just there's like a soldier like a british soldier and shit like that's <laughs> weird Children of the Corn, I think, yeah, they got up to five. I, I mean, I, I, I think I watched the second one, and after that I gave up, so. I guess for Child's Play, it'd be Seed. That wasn't good. No, no. Puppet Master? Nope. And the last one here on the list, Leprechaun 5. You hate it, I love it. Well, that's, so that's. That's, a, uh, that's in the hood. That's good that you actually looked that up, though, because, like, so Mark's question actually expands even more. It's, like, every five is I mean, debatable but let's be fair like every five you're kind of running out of stuff when you're running out of steam when you get the five that's true i mean yeah, even if you were to go to like the conjuring universe and go to the fifth movie i guarantee let's go to the conjuring universe hold on let's do it there's conjuring and then there's annabelle and then there's i believe annabelle two and then the and then the conjuring two right and yeah. then the nun and the nun sucked 
Either way, I believe the nun was the fifth movie. I was gonna say I thought I thought the nun before before we started counting. I thought the nun was the fifth movie. Okay, so then either way, yeah, yeah. either way. I or, just watched that recently because Nicole wanted to watch it. Just so I everybody lost knows, interest in it. yeah. Well, well, just so everybody knows, I'm not. I, if look again, because the movies are here, there, I'm not. I don't remember exactly if it's the if I don't remember if it's Annabelle uh, two and then Conjuring two, or if it's Conjuring two and then Annabelle two. But either way, the nun is the the fucking fifth movie and that movie is by far the well the curse of uh la la llorona yeah. that but they that that movie was terrible too but that's the sixth we're not talking sixes so yeah uh definitely the five. movies are so hit or miss uh, yeah they really are they're either like super good or they're like just so disappointed i feel like the, the paranormal activity movies, movies are the stronger activity, ones yeah. and then i can't remember if it was one or i one of the annabelle movies i remember liking and then I think there was another one that was okay. And then I think the last one was Creation, I yeah. think. And that one wasn't that great. Or no, Annabelle Goes Home. Oh, yeah, yeah, Annabelle yeah. Goes Home, yeah. Or is it Annabelle Comes Home? I don't know. I don't know. My it God, all kind of runs together Yeah, it's, it's all point. bleeding together. And like, you know, I'm sure there's somebody out there like, no, idiot. This is the way the movie's going. And that's fine. You know what? But like, you know, that, that's, that's totally cool. But Enjoy the movie. I, yeah, exactly. You know, like I don't have any intention. I know the movies. I've seen the movies, but I have no intention or, uh, yeah, I, I don't plan to be an expert on those movies. All I care about, honestly, like John just said, is the first two Conjuring movies. I know the shit out of those. I don't give a fuck about what came before between or after. And those are the only ones I've watched multiple after. times. Yeah, exactly. I don't care what came before, between, or after. Those are the best ones, and I know those by heart. All the other ones, the fact that I know so little about them goes to show you that they're just kind of, eh. I only really watched them to try to make sure that I'm keeping up with, like, the coherency of what they're doing with the Lorraines, because the shit is tying in, kind of like they're Marvel universing it in a way. Yeah, now now it's funny, because, like, people are, like, turning on the Lorraine or the Lorraines, the Warrens. Yeah. Uh, the Lorraines. They're turn like I everybody loved the Warrens and now like I keep seeing posts in horror groups like all oh, the Warrens were piece of shit people. They, I know. I'm like, okay, like whatever. Like That's yeah, that's gonna I don't happen. really believe in all that stuff anyway. So if you're gonna tell me they're scam artists then yeah to me, yeah. Yeah, you're like, probably I still <laughs> you were thinking that movie. anyway. You were thinking that anyway if you don't believe in it. You already yeah. thought they're they're making money. I mean, off but of the movies are enjoy the conjuring movies are enjoyable. Agreed. I think uh, we'll get on to the second question now. I don't really want to keep talking about that. Thank you, Mark. That was a good question. <laughs> about the fifth movies and franchises here. But uh, from Rick from Plano, Texas, if I name a director that hasn't done a horror film, but you would like them to direct a horror film, and what kind would you want it to be? Oh. Christopher Nolan. <sighs> I knew it. I mean, how can you not pick Christopher Nolan it. to do a horror movie? I don't... <sighs> See, because like I feel like there's no matter what genre of horror I pick, I feel like he would do a great job with it. Because I'm like, well, you know, slasher, and then I'm like, well, it's Christopher Nolan. Do I just want him to do like a simple slasher movie? I feel like it'd have to be like an atmospheric horror, maybe, maybe with like a little, little like religious undertone to it. It's funny you said that. Look, I'm gonna be honest with you. The first thing that popped into my head, that's why I knew that you were gonna say it, was Christopher Nolan, and my first thought was. A possession style movie like The Exorcist, William Friedkin style. I was gonna say maybe not like Exorcist, but like, like Prince of Darkness. Like that works too. Like, I mean, they're kind of they're kind of similar. They're just veering off on on different paths, but they're 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 on the same road most of the way. I just feel that he would make a movie that was scary as shit, knowing the way he works. Uh, yeah, movies, I know. He would be able to turn the creeps on. He, you know, we'd get Hans Zimmer in there. 
Oh, man. Cranking out that score, you know what I mean, dude. Yeah, Nolan's my pick as well. That's just overkill at that point. Just so you have it. to pick that. You have to answer the question. So what genre? What what movie do you want it to be? A zombie movie? A slasher movie? Supernatural thriller. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't be one of those. <laughs> but no, I feel like it would be different if Christopher Nolan was doing like a supernatural thriller. Like, I, I, I the dude can't do any wrong. Like, I. I'm with you. I'm a fanboy too. Yeah, like every movie I've seen of his, I love. Well, um, he kind of all. Well, I guess you could maybe argue he kind of did. Uh, insomnia. Insomnia is kind. I wouldn't necessarily clarify, clarify, classify it as horror though. But I would see him like. Uh, I would like to see him do a movie like Maniac. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that type of like following a, a psychotic, That's like mentally breaking. Yeah. yeah. If he did a, if he did a slasher, I wanted to be like a, a maniac where you're following this like loser. Like you're seeing what a horrible life he has, this little self-esteem he has and just the brutal shit he does. That would be, yeah. No one would kill that. I like the, I love, I like the original maniac, but, uh, I can't think of his name. I was going to call him Willie, Willie Chichi from <laughs> Godfather. <laughs> Sometimes he's a little Joe Spinell. Yeah, Joe 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 Spinell's a little too over the top sometimes for me. <laughs> I'm like, all right, you can dial it back just a little bit. He he, he takes it. He's definitely he was definitely. I don't a think maybe actor. he goes too over the top. I think maybe the scenes go on just a little too long. Yeah, I can. Yeah, like they could have been cut a little. I felt like I, the I Elijah Woods. I can kind of understand that. I feel like I I like the Elijah Woods remake. Sue me. I like that one better. I know, and I grew up with the uh, with the with the uh, William Lustig Maniac. I grew up with that one. I still have the VHS of it from when I was younger, and uh, I'd love that movie. And when I saw the Elijah Wood one, that's the thing. People like when the people act like because they watch or they're hardcore fans of the older movies that the newer one can't be better. I try to be unbiased. I'm not gonna be because I've been a lifelong fan of something. That's the thing. As a movie watcher, I want you to impress me. Please be better than anything I've ever seen before. Like make me a fan. Make me want to talk about you. For weeks like that's what i want you know and and uh i just yeah <laughs> i just you know i just you know yeah just make me a movie that uh that i i just want it to be something that would stand out so what so what director are you picking i'm picking nolan too oh, you're, you're yeah, go but but i do want to say like i said nolan but i want to do exorcist yeah. style exorcist style but uh i i do want to say that um <sighs> I guess I want a real horror film from Tarantino, not death proof. I'm not a big fan of that. Um, but the lap dance scene is sexy as hell. Not gonna I, lie. I like death proof, but that's cause, uh, my boy's in it. Well, I consider that more of like a revenge exploitation flick though than horror. You know what I mean? Like, I guess you could argue that it's horror, but well, what really just because of violence, <laughs> you know, but I mean, well, that's, that's revenge. That's definitely well, the revenge. She's cutting dicks off, you know, and hanging people. And like, he just drives around and like, just, I don't know. I don't really consider it horror, but uh, I just I want a real throwback slasher film. I feel like Tarantino, with his love of film and his the way he's studied film and his homages and his inspirations, if he took all of his knowledge and went and wrote like a two-hour fucking slasher movie that was like a modern slasher movie, but had all the tropes and everything that we knew to come in love of '80s films, like I just think that would be amazing. Yeah, Tarantino is a good pick, but yeah, like no no other director jumped out to me immediately like nolan but that's also like you said we're fanboys of nolan yeah and, and like i said tarantino just stood out to me because i almost kind of want a redemption because he 
kind of dipped his toes into horror with that with death proof and then well, i mean hasn't he talked about making a horror movie before? yeah he said he'd love to if the story was there i guess he hasn't found the right story but you know i was just he's, he's pretty much tackled all these he's done kung fu he's done gangster he, he's done western it's like dude like do a horror movie that'd be amazing do a real horror movie or maybe uh coppola back when he was on his string of good movies not not, not maybe so much now well he did uh, bram stoker's dracula oh, that's true that's decent enough Gary Oldman really made that movie, though. I can't believe that one just flew past. He only did the movie because he needed the money. Scorsese? Yeah, totally. I mean, not newer Scorsese, Scorsese, maybe like early early, uh, 90s, you know, like early 90s Scorsese. I want to see him do a zombie film. Scorsese do a zombie film? Like, it's set in New York. With Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro and everybody (laughs) be in it. (laughs) Like, yeah, back in the 80s. Yeah, like, like back they in the... They de-age him. They de-age him. They get a... Uh, oh, shit. Who else is that he works with? I can't even think. Leo. Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. Because, like, he loves his movies in New York, just like a zombie movie in New York City. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, I would. I mean, look, it might be terrible, but if you said Scar- Martin Scorsese's making a zombie picture, I'm probably going to go see it. But if you... Also, if you told me, I'm probably thinking some kind of, like, artsy shit. Yeah. I'd probably be like, I hope that this isn't like a slap in the face of horror fans. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, well, uh, I think we're gonna move on now. We're 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 high and we're babbling. By the way, there's another one sitting there, and you haven't lit it yet. Oh, Steve, come at me. <laughs> um, don't forget to write in your questions to us on all social media platforms at High on Horror 420 or email us at High on Horror 420 at gmail.com or visit us on our website at highonhorror.com. Now let's talk about Last Shift. Today's film is Last Shift, a 2014 horror movie directed by Anthony DeBlasi, and it stars Juliana Harkavy. I said that wrong, didn't I? I'm not sure. I think it's Harkavy. Harkavy? We'll go with that. Juliana Harkavy plays rookie cop Jessica Lauren, and she's given her first duty to babysit a closing police station overnight by her lonesome. Kind of almost has the Assault on Precinct 13 feel, but with like... Not as many people, even though they were outnumbered at a in the Sultan Precinct 13. This one goes a little bit of a different route here, but uh, Jessica's told it's an easy gig. But as soon as she finds out that something demonic's fucking with her, it's the same demonic thing that uh, fucked fucked around and took her father's life. Uh, the Satanic Payment Cult, who we kind of get a uh, Manson family feel. But, yeah, totally. Uh, but the members of Payments Cold are dead. Are they haunting the police station? Jessica's last shift at the police station may be your last night alive. You uh, actually got me into this. Uh, I think you'd already watched it a couple times and then had me come over and watch it. It's good. Like I said, it kind of has like a Manson family feel, sold on Precinct 13, kind of with the closing police station. And you kind of have a, well, a little smaller gang in the payment gang. But uh, it's definitely creepy. And uh, our boy uh, Joshua Michael does a great job as payment. I, I agree. Yeah. And uh, like you said, yeah. Um, yeah. Finally, you're going to light up. 
Um, the uh, I, I first heard about this movie in an issue of Rue Morgue. Remember when I was getting uh, that horror box before they went under and like scammed people for money? Remember like every month it was like that monthly subscription. You get like a shirt, a figure, like some kind of autograph yeah, yeah, or something. Uh, Nicole had subscribed to it too, but that was before I got her more into horror, so I got to get a lot of shit out of those boxes. <laughs> well, uh, they gave you an issue of Rue Morgue in every magazine, and in Rue Morgue I would read it. Like, cause I always, I always liked that magazine anyway, so I was kind of like getting a free subscription to it through horror box but um yeah um I, I saw an article about last shift in there and my first thought you know was like i just remember seeing the picture of uh michael payman our guest joshua michael and thinking damn that looks serious like that's something that you'll never see at walmart yet a few months later i fucking saw that same creepy face on the cover in the dvd aisle at walmart and i grabbed it and uh i like how walmart won't carry a christmas horror story they have to change it to a holiday horror story but they'll carry last <laughs> shift fucking eye level where children could see it with a dude with a <laughs> pentagram card on his face i mean they make a lot of questionable decisions in general let's be honest yeah that that's very true but uh yeah i uh i immediately watched it you know and i loved it i made uh my wife and sister watch it um you know i made them watch it with me and uh they were dreading going into it the cover says it all you know they were scared and uh i was hoping that i'd get scared as well and i was it scared me pretty bad um the parts that aren't scary are just goddamn suspenseful and you're just on edge waiting for some shit to happen you know um like once it starts it's absolutely relentless and it gets more brutal and more intense and more scary and more suspenseful and more gory again as it goes it's a dead serious horror film like it's pure dread it's low budget but it does not look low budget and uh the makeup looks great and uh it could easily have gone uh, the other way had the budget been tighter or like less crafty people made the movie but it actually works and kicks ass and you know it's funny uh going back to the low budget thing We've had movies that we've had on here that were low budget, like uh, last season, The Old Ways. But the people in charge of the movie understood their budget and understood that they couldn't necessarily do certain things because they didn't have the budget. Correct. So you worked with what you had. And in this case, it's kind of the same thing where the old ways it was taking place in that hut, but it was all kind of just one room with different areas they could film in. It's kind of, you know, they have this police station. They don't need to go anywhere else. That's why you can keep down on the budget and you can have money for other stuff. Yeah, like where do they go? Uh, where does Jessica go um, besides the police station? Outside, outside the, the police, police station. Exactly, outside. So, yeah, totally. And, and, uh, and uh, it makes total sense, like you said, you know, to just take place in one room. That was the same thing with Assault on Precinct 13. It was low budget. So, they're like, fuck it. Let's do it all in a police station. Like, it works. If I anybody think that, knows how to work with low budgets, it's Carpenter. Yeah, true. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, but yeah, I just think that this. Uh, you know it, the movie's so good and uh john payman uh our guest joshua michael is a sadistic bastard you know he's not in the movie much but he's such a goddamn menace and he's the scariest part of the movie um anyway to me right after baseball bat girl that part <laughs> fucked me up by far the biggest thought of them but like, that, that that yeah that shit fucked me up you remember that scene when the chick's under the desk yeah you just watched the movie recently yeah. right so yeah that yeah, that yeah rewatched it recently before uh we did this episode i'd say probably about a week two weeks ago i probably watched it. yeah so the yeah, baseball bat girl that 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 fucked me up man and it's funny because i hadn't seen it in a while but you know it still fucked me up was the cop yeah I, yeah i know i hadn't seen it in a while so i kind of forgot about it and it still fucked me up and i went oh yeah i remember that from the first time now dude it's like you know like the way that this cop he comes in and he talks to jessica and he mentions how he's worked with her dad and he really bonds with her and you know like she finally you know after this night of being on edge with all these spooky people stopping by and bums coming by and pissing on the floor and you know her seeing ghosts or whatever and you know this this 
cop comes along and he just bonds with her and talks to her and he's like hey you know i knew your dad you know before he died and all this stuff and then he's just like okay gotta go and turns around to walk out of the station and you see the fucking back of his head's blown out yeah dude that shit fucked with me yeah i I gasped out loud when i saw that like i literally lost my goddamn breath at that scene and um yeah i would give this movie an eight out of ten yeah yeah an eight out of ten i'd have to say that works for me like it's very tightly paced. There's no waste of time. It doesn't it doesn't come off as low budget. Uh I mean you really just have uh really one actress just there's other people that are basically really just making cameos and aren't there for long. I agree, yeah. But, uh, totally. Nothing to agree about. I don't know if I it mean, was the captain totally. or the chief. I I can't remember now, but that dude was a dick. He was an asshole, man, yeah. Captain, I believe, yeah, Captain. You got to watch out with these things sometimes, because when I when I hit those crystals, sometimes it'll give you it'll fucking squirt on you. (laughs) I'm not gonna say it. I took a shot in the mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not gonna say nothing, but um, but yeah, it's just uh, there there's a total carpenter vibe to this story in the sense that uh, it's very just like from point A to point B, and that's what I like about it. It's just like cut and dry, simple movie story told in and out. And it's it's effective. And the ending, the ending is twisted. You know, like uh, I guess you know, like I'm not really gonna. If you haven't seen the movie by now, I mean, I'm gonna go ahead and say, like, you know, the end of the movie is just, you know, like Jessica Lauren becomes the next like member of the cult, of the payment cult, with without knowing that she is correct. It's it's just it's such a twisted movie. Um, the ending is just going to put you on like that. Actually, what I just said isn't a twist. So there's still a twist that leads up to that. That's going to, um, yeah, like you just, you need to see the movie. I really don't really, I I just, I I could keep going on and on and I'm just going to end up explaining the whole movie. Yeah. I mean, it comes in under an hour and a half too. So like Carpenter, you get in and get out. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, yeah, like we said, it's, it's tightly paced. Yeah. Uh, Lauren's character you really feel for and uh yeah that ending is uh fucking nuts yeah and uh, and our guest uh you know um Joshua Michael who played again uh John Payman um he just he's just such a just like you had mentioned earlier uh that Manson vibe how he just has this like group of girls with him and he's just like manipulating these girls and just you can just tell that the dude's a scummy piece of shit yeah, you know but, but, but I mean? he's a little like, bitch. He ain't even get really getting his hands dirty. He's just having them do all the killing. Yeah, just like Manson. Yeah, just, just real like bitch. Manson. Yeah. <laughs> no offense, Joshua. We're not talking about you. We're talking about John Payman. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Uh, and, and like I said, he just you see him, and he always has that smug smirk on his face. Or he's always saying some shit that you're just like, damn, like this dude is just like, yeah. He that that character is a very dark character, and Joshua Michael plays him very well, and. uh it's really cool to have him on here. I'm really looking forward to what he's going to say. Yeah, and then I mean, like, and then he can do the total opposite and just be hilarious in a, a show like, like like the Righteous Gemstones. <sighs> the clip that you showed me of that, my God, was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, to, to, so this, so you know, yeah, there's definitely some range there as well. To see that he's doing humor is pretty good. And yeah, I think uh, I think that'll about wrap it up for our uh, film discussion. I don't really have too much more to say. What about you? Yeah, not unless again I'm gonna go back and just explain everything about the movie. I think it's better if I pull away. I'm too much of a fan. So, <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie, hopefully what we just said was enough to make you want to go fucking watch it right now. Again, it's uh, available on Vudu for free. There's commercials, but suck it up. Yeah, I think it. I think it might have also been on Tubi, which you know my love for Vudu. I have like 
almost 700 movies on voodoo. Yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot you've helped with as well. <laughs> but, uh, You're I welcome. feel like they're free versions. I feel like voodoo does way too many commercials. I'd probably watch it on like Tubi. Okay. Well, there you go. Tubi has it as well. So everybody out there listening, if you want to watch a scary fucking movie with a scary antagonist with a twist ending with a Manson cult vibe and a John Carpenter vibe, then I mean, say no more. Go check it out. Last shift. Oh. Hmm. Now let's get into Burn and Learn, the segment of our show where we fill you in on behind the scenes facts on the movie in discussion. And in today, that's Last Shift. Payment, according to Goshia, the Goshia, the lesser key of Solomon, the king, is a king of hell. He rules over 200 legions of demons. However, he is most obedient towards Lucifer. I mean, it'd be kind of interesting if that was in <laughs> last shift, if he just had 200 legions of demons. I mean, Jessica, Lauren I don't even know been... how much is in a legion, but it's a lot, right? I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think there would have been much of a movie to just showed up and be like, here's like 200 legions of my motherfuckers and it would have been just been over. So. Yeah, homegirl ain't doing nothing about that. No. Anyway, the police station used for film in last shift was located in Sanford, Florida, and has since been shut down and replaced by a, uh, fire, a police fire complex that was built a few blocks away. A sow is written on the ceiling of the police station. Sow means female pig, and our lead is a female and a cop, and people also call cops pigs. So. I mean, damn, that's ignorant. Yeah, that's, that's ignorant as shit. Well, um, <laughs> that ends our short burn and learn segment this week. Now let's get into talking with our guest, Joshua Michael. Our guest today has had roles in The Walking Dead, The Purge series, and a lot more. Most recently, he was the star of the season three finale of Creepshow titled A Dead Girl Named Sue. He is the face of Last Shift. He's the one you see on the cover and the poster with the pentagram carved into his face. Welcome, Joshua Michael. Thank you for being on High on Horror. Dude, thanks for having me. It's great to have you, man. Uh, all right, so let's start with the basics. You're on High on Horror. Um, do you smoke? And if so, how often? <laughs> uh yeah um i do i i guess it's not a too much of a secret i, I have made the mistake of tweeting high a few times um uh, but it's it's not a completely legal state here in georgia so i, I we, they, we do have the delta eight gummies so i i uh i partake in those uh pretty regularly and those are legal do you uh do you have a favorite strain like at the uh, moment no, I I actually I I was I, I didn't smoke that for for a long time, and then I just I, I well I went through the death of my dad, and uh, I was starting to drink too much, and and I uh, I actually you know pulled back my drinking a lot by by smoking really what I think is pretty minimal. Uh, so yeah, I, I, you know smoking and, and doing the gummies and stuff. So I. It, it has helped, um, but no, I don't. I, I wish I'd, I'd, you know, I, I, I'm not. I, I've always thought, I'd, even when I was in middle school, I, I had kind of a, uh, you know, affinity for for weed culture and, and stoner culture, and um, 
you know, just because everybody you meet is just so cool and chill. And, and uh, yeah, there you go. Great. Right on. <laughs> Fucking A. Uh, but, you know, uh, didn't start smoking until well, I, I was in a band for a while for seven years. Didn't smoke really through that. It, it always just kind of screwed me up. But, um, you know, going through some of the harder times of my life, it, it has helped out. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, you yeah. know, I personally have PTSD, so it definitely helps. I mean, I do, I do do it to, uh, I, I enjoy it, you know, but I do also use it as medicine. Um, sure. Do, do you like, uh, are you an indica or sativa guy? Um, I, I, well, I thought I was a, I was going to be an indica guy and a, you know, but I, I do like the headiness of, of sativa and I like the creativity that in, in, you know, I, I've, I've written like a handful of, screenplay outlines being completely uh, uh you know stoned out of my mind and then well i actually i did this one this one time and uh i i thought it was fucking amazing and the whole time i'm like oh yeah and then this is gonna happen this is gonna happen and so it was about this squirrel you know and uh i i thought yeah because i'd really like writing kind of children's stuff pixar kind of movies and stuff and so I, I was like, all right, I, I cranked out this outline. And, uh, then I went and saw my nieces and nephews. And I was like, I, I was like, you, you guys got to hear this. It's going to be awesome. I'll see how it, it floats with them. And my, my nieces were like, yeah, oh yeah, it's great. It's great. And, uh, my nephew, my youngest nephew was like, yeah, it's pretty cool. And then my oldest nephew was like, yeah, it's great. It's a lot like the nut job too. <laughs> and i was like oh fuck and, and really i had i had basically just uh i had never seen nut job too but uh i had i had written an outline for nut job too yeah total coincidence a total coincidence but it, but yeah so i i like the uh i like the headiness of uh i like the creativity boost from sativas and uh do you like the edibles more or do you like smoking i I've always been so I've been worried about my lungs, you know, just that that has stuck with me. That's why I never got into cigarettes and stuff. But, um, you know, so I I do like edibles, but I, I think when you smoke, it's just so much more manageable. Right. You, you can you kind of know yeah. what you're getting into and it's a, a quicker kind of release. And, um, you know, some in like even these these Delta eight things, you have one one night at it'll it'll skyrocket you and the other night it, it, you, you you won't feel anything or you know you'll go to bed before it kicks in and uh and wake up just like oh god <laughs> like what <laughs> that was a bad idea <laughs> yeah it's uh it's funny because my mom i've i've tried to get gummies for her to help her out with like pain management and stuff yeah. and nothing worked and the Delta THC eight that I've always heard is like a weaker version of regular THC. That's actually what worked for her. She was like, Oh my God. Like I fell asleep and I was like, I gave you gummies from Colorado from a dispensary. You ate the whole container and went, these did nothing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it is. I mean, it's amazing. And I, I tried, I, I actually got into, I, I got some vape pens cause my dad had Parkinson's. He passed away, but um, he had Parkinson's and, you know, I, I had read some, some stuff that some of the kind of, when, when folks have Parkinson's, they lock up and can't, you know, your, your brain is, is saying like, move your leg, move your leg. And, and you can't, um, you, you know, you just can't, the, the synapses are depleted and you can't really make that, 
that thing fire so you can move your leg. You're just, you know, kind of stuck. And so I had heard it helped. And I originally had, you know, gotten, bought a couple of these cartridges uh, for, for my dad and, you know, never, he never tried them just because it was scary. He was also a heart patient. So it was very scary. So yeah, it, it you know, I, I, I believe 100% in the, in, in the kind of medicinal qualities of it. My, my brother has severe depression and I've tried getting him, um, you know, uh, to, to consider using or, or taking some, um, you know, uh, gummies and whatnot. And, um, not a lot of luck there. I think he, he had kind of, kind of the ang- anxious reaction that I think some folks have when you first start out. Yeah. It's definitely there. Like the first couple times I can remember that. And then I was like, well, I kept going back to it for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's like nothing else is working in, a, in like alcohol. Like, you know, that's terrible for you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, jumping over, uh, to, uh, about horror have you always been a horror fan honestly i you know i'm i'm embarrassingly not a horror fan i i i like i said i like pixar i like sweeter you know i like i because because it does affect me i i have dream i had terrible dreams you know when when you work on horror stuff you do have you that stuff kind of invades your psyche and um i I, yeah i i I stay away from it there's not a lot of horror like I remember even like USA USA channel was channel 35 in Georgia and um, on, well, maybe nationwide cable or whatever, but I remember they would have, you know, during Halloween, they would show all the Friday the 13th and, and fucking Hellraisers And, um, and I remember not even like just trying to skip the channel. Like I'd, you know, be scrolling through TV and just not even wanting to see an image that I did not want to see. And would skip from, you know, just be like, all right, I'm getting close to, you know, USA. I'm just going to cross over that, that channel. Just completely terrified from that stuff. But, but no, but no problems being in horror, like horror movies themselves. <laughs> for you. No, I love playing villains and, and that's, yeah. And when you're covered in the gunk and it's, you you know, they're, they're dumping corn syrup on you or whatever, you're, it, it takes away some of the fear of it, but. Like I, I wouldn't sit down and watch Last Shift. Uh, that that would be difficult for me. I think. Um. Okay. So I wanted to jump into uh, Creep Show. Yeah. Um, so you, uh, you, you were in the series, uh, the season finale, uh, titled "A Dead Girl Named Sue," and uh, again, you had just mentioned that uh, you like playing bad guys. I wanted to ask you, you know, you do a really good job of playing bad guys. What draws you to those types of roles? Man, I, I love. I've always loved villains. Like I, I grew up a, a Disney kid, and I, I loved. I always thought those villains were way more interesting. Um, I would, and I'd draw. I'd, I'd drew as a kid and I would always want to draw, you know, Jafar and Scar and whatever. Um, <laughs> and, and Maleficent, like just some of the, they're, the, the designs always way cooler. Their, their materials always way cooler. They're, they're a lot more dynamic a character. And then, you know, you start watching TV, you know, TV and films and some of my favorite characters like Alan Rickman and, and Die Hard and, uh, you know, anything that John Darth Vader. Darth Vader. <laughs> well, yeah, I I liked more of the um, 
I like more of the smart ass, uh, you know, uh, hyper intelligent, like, uh, you know, uh, yeah, shithead uh, villains. Darth Vader is a little bit too, like, kind of ominous, brooding for me. I, I mean, okay, I, you know, okay. you can't. I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, let me tell you how Darth Vader's not an awesome villain. But no, <laughs> I, I, I like, I liked the, like, I'd much, I'd much sooner want to play Boba Fett than Darth Vader. Or, uh, you know, someone a little bit more like uh, that has a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, character. <laughs> Yeah, I understand completely. You know, like I even uh I don't know if you were a wrestling fan ever in your life, but I even always liked the bad guys in wrestling just because yeah. I just thought that like they had the best lines. They had the best you know, like watching Triple H come out there and beat the shit with the sl- beat the shit out of somebody <laughs> with the sledgehammer yeah. is not the same thing as watching Rey Mysterio getting the crowd to jump on their feet. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. I liked I always liked the bad guys, so I imagine being an actor like that's the same thing it's just the fun parts to play because you kind of get to be a dick and get away with it yeah and well and cool I, wardrobes I, the what the wardrobe <laughs> way cooler yeah yeah and you also have a you know the the potentiality of redemption and that character arc is always cool like you know i i like all that stuff i was talking about it earlier though i, I think a lot of guys that end up playing you know um, 99 times out of 100 999 times out of a thousand those dudes aren't bad people um that are playing right, those villains right. and, and you know what it comes down to is they know what it was like to be treated shitty you know whether it was from family or for our bullies in school or whatever um they know what it's like and, and it's kind of like uh you know for me it's like taking all that that aggression and <laughs> the the upset of whatever having older brothers that pick on you and never saying the right thing when you're in a you know it's like well you suck too or whatever like you know <laughs> but being able, always able to say the right thing and you know be it be the the villain you wanted to be i guess well um i thought that that was really awesome how at the end of the episode we find out that like it takes place during the night of the living dead. How Dude. awesome is that? Um, it was that's so incredible. Cool. Yeah, it was incredible. That, that was so like, cause I had read for a handful of, uh, creep show, creep show episodes and this, it was kind of the same thing with walking dead. Like I had read for walking dead, I think 17 times or so. And, um, but I wouldn't have wanted anything that I read for previously. I, I think I landed on the absolute right thing. And I was stoked that it was a period piece and shot in black and white. And John Harrison directed the episode and, um, y- you know, it, 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 having that tie into the, the night of the living dead, you know, it essentially, uh, I, you know, piggybacks off of that world or is part of that world. So you kind of hope that when people talk about that in the footnotes that they'll, they'll, they'll mention that creep show episode, uh, as being oh, something that's part uh, of the canon, yeah. Absolutely, uh, it was uh, by far the best episode of the season, or the best segment, anyway. I thought that uh, I liked I liked all three seasons of the show, but my one complaint about the show, truthfully, is that. Uh, I thought that the last segment, there, the last episode that they used in the first two seasons was, like, not the strongest one to go out on. And I actually yeah. thought that they did, like, when season three, I was like, oh, shit, like, this was the best one. And they ended on that. So I was like, I was really happy about that. Um, how did you get involved in it? Like, uh, how, like uh, did you audition? And uh, how was it, like, working on the show? Yeah, like I said, I had auditioned, uh, I think, I mean, I, I had probably read for 
six or seven different creep show episodes by that point. And, uh, I had seen Greg and at a Walker stalker convention, they, you know, it's a big walking dead convention that used to happen. It no longer happening because the guy running it was uh, a swindler, but, um, yeah. They, uh, you know, it, it turned into, uh, you know, I would see, I saw Greg and he, he mentioned, Hey man, I've seen your tapes. I'm really trying to get you on here. And I'm, I had no idea he was seeing those tapes and I was just stoked that to, you know, be across his plate. Um, even though I knew he knew my stuff from walking dead, it, you know, it, I, I finished out in 2018. So it's been a couple of years since I've, I've worked with anybody from that world, you know, that wasn't just crew members and stuff, but. Um, yeah, so I, I auditioned for a bunch of stuff, eventually got pegged for that one. And, and, um, it was so cool cause it was, it was such a small cast and, uh, a, a smaller production, but really I had such a, a meaty part, you know, I, I don't normally get that much material to work with. And, uh, that was really, it was, it was fucking awesome to have, you know, I guess we shot it in a week. Um, so, you know, and I think I only worked three or four days out of that week, but it was, it was cool as shit. Okay. And, um, uh, I also wanted to bring up that I hear that creep show is a very fun show to work on, but it is a very fast paced production. Is that true? And do you have any, uh, fun on sets, uh, on set stories that you could share with us? Yeah, it is. It is a quick, uh, it, it, yeah, like I said, we shot that segment 30, 30, uh, you know, 30 minute episode, um, in I think about seven days and maybe even less than that five days. Uh, I'm almost certain it was, yeah, not a ton of time to, to shoot a, a lot of material. Um, I mean, you know, it's, it was, knowing that we were shooting in black and white was cool. And we had such a rad, uh, whenever you're doing a period piece and like, I got a, I had had long hair for a long time. So like everything that, you know, even in last shift, I guess I had longer hair and whatever. And I'd wanted to get a haircut for a long time. So this finally came across my plate and was able to cut my hair for this thing thinking like, yeah, I want to play nice guys. You know, I want to, I want to like, you know, spread my wings a little and do some procedural dramas and whatever gets like, but just do something where I'm not covered in blood and murdering or raping people or selling drugs. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I, that was rad. I mean, as far as that, it wasn't, it was, you know, pretty to the point shooting wise, there, there wasn't a ton of, of, you know, wild fun to be had. It was, I mean, it was, it was fun. Um, I mean, a lot of the, I, I got a lot of my stuff, improv stuff got, got to stick around. Like, you know, I, I I'm chief foster. I got a badge and a gun and whatever. I think I, I'm like mocking them from the back seat and stuff. And they let me kind of roll on a lot of this stuff, which was awesome. Um, I had a, I went in for ADR on, there's one line where I'm in the, I think this whole bit got cut out, unfortunately, but I got punched in the face, um, by the guys, by Sue's father. And, uh, there was a a scene where he confronts us and he punches me in the face and I wake up in the cell and I say, cash is fucking clay. (laughs) And they were trying to ADR it because they had cut that, that beat before where he punches me, I guess. And, uh, 
and they, they, we, I think whatever we tried to ADR, we, we couldn't get anything that sounded even remotely close. So they left that in. And it, so it's, I guess it's, you know, I'm just waking up saying cash is fucking clay <laughs> <laughs> about whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you were, as you mentioned, you were on the walking dead, uh, as Jared. And I believe I read that you played a walker in season two as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a, a roommate, uh, my friend, Melanie, she, uh, she worked costumes and she let me know about a, a rush call one day and I had wanted to work on the show just to see how it operated. And they had a rush call for the season finale of season two where all these walkers are busting through, uh, the, the farm fence. And, and, you know, I, uh, got down there, they got me through makeup and, in all of 15 minutes or whatever, I was out on the field and walking around <laughs> and I, you know, I knew where the cameras were. So, uh, I just made sure that I'd, I'd got some FaceTime on, on the cameras. Uh, it was, it was cool, man. It was, it was rad. And, and at that point, Darabont was still around. So I, he, I think he was kind of walking around, you know, handling some stuff too. Yeah. And the character you ended up playing later, Jared, he's just such a dick. Like most of the saviors have some kind of redeeming quality, but like he just doesn't. No. And and that was by design. I had, I had asked Scott Gimple at one point, like, Hey man, is there any, should I color this in any way with like some sort of, you know, just keep it open to some sort of redemption arc or anything cool. And he was like, no, he's, he's a dick through and through. And I'm like, all right, well, Matt, I guess I'm going to die. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. your, your demise was especially brutal. Like how was the process for that? Like how much of that were you like a part of? Um, I, you know, I didn't have any say on when I died or, or how I died, but I had always kind of said, I would love it to happen three, you know, three, one of three ways, either Shiva, which is Ezekiel's tiger mauls me, you know, and, and some kind of gore fest, which would have been a lot of CGI. So they, and they had already killed Shiva by this point. And because it was too much CGI trouble. Um, so that wasn't happening. I, I was, I would like a, an ax, you know, take an ax to the face by Jerry who Cooper Andrews. I had some scenes with him and he's a sweetheart. Um, and, but that wasn't, didn't make sense. Cause I didn't really, you know, I wasn't antagonist to him really. But it, it just made sense that Lenny Morgan would uh, would be the one to finish me off. And I was amazed that they gave me such, uh, you know, good material to head out on. It was amazing. Yeah, it's definitely one of the more memorable deaths, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, another show you were on, you have one of my favorite lines. Fucking hail Satan, bruh. <laughs> the righteous gemstones. <laughs> that whole damn, as Daedalus, that whole thing is just hilarious. The dance part, fucking uh, yeah. was it, I think it's like Jerry's a fucking nerd. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's um, uh, goddamn man, well, fucking hell, Satan, bro. <laughs> it's like hey, goddamn man, fucking hell, Satan, bro. I, yeah, I fucking I had such a blast there. He's like, goddamn, he's a fucking nerd now. <laughs> Uh, that, that was an ad lib that I did one time and they were like, Oh shit, keep it. Jody Hill who directed the episode was like, Oh man, yeah, hang on to that. Um, which was, it was one of the best times I've ever had on, on a, on a shoot. Like those guys are fucking hilarious and I've grown up loving their comedy and you know, it, it, living in the South, I'm not sure if this is nationwide, but definitely in the South eastbound and down just kind of influenced everybody's comedy in high school and 
Oh, uh, everybody you know, loves that show. Yeah. Danny McBride's great. Yeah, he's fucking. He's just hilarious. And so, and it was wild too. Like, we shot that episode, and Danny was around that day. And you know, they're they're really generous laughers. So like, you, you do something funny, and you can hear them laughing at Video Village, and it's it's just bonkers to make one of your comedic idols laugh. You know, it's, it's just such a cool. Yeah, I gotta thing. say that's uh, that probably has to be a great feeling, like. You 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 deliver a line and then Danny McBride just over there just losing it at your scene. Yeah, it was cool, man, and uh, yeah, and the the stuff we did inside uh inside Club Sinister or whatever was fucking <laughs> awesome too. And you know he he was really sweet uh, a sweetheart then. But Jody Hill directed both my episodes, and um, his Dominique Dom who uh, who is female cyber goth, but like the the girl that's with our group. She is, uh, that's actually Jody's wife now. And, um, yeah. And Michael who plays, uh, Cryptocore, you know, it was just such a cool group and it was fucking hilarious. And, you know, it was all based on that, that those, you, I'm sure you've seen the video of the kids under the overpass, the goth kids <laughs> yeah. doing the rave, you know, the fucking rave thing. It's, it was just a dream to do. And all, and all the names are great. Like everybody has a yeah. really good name. Yeah, Keith. Yeah, oh, that's that's yeah. It's a goddamn or like Keith. Keith's a fucking Keith's nerd. A, Keith's a fucking nerd now. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. I definitely, I definitely hope we get the character in season two. Man, I wish I could say I come back, but I, I that I do not. I, I was hoping. I was, I was trying to skirt the idea that that because I play drums and I was hoping that uh, I, I would you know uh, join the praise core band or whatever. <laughs> yeah i actually yeah, uh no it didn't happen well it's funny because i actually haven't watched the show yet like that's the one thing i haven't watched and everybody at my job and john has been telling me you have to watch that show you have to watch that show you know and then um you know we're, we're looking forward to our interview with you and john goes dude that's the fucking dude on the righteous gemstones that i told you about that's fucking hilarious and i'm like are you serious i haven't seen it yet i still have not seen it so oh dude <laughs> yeah you gotta you gotta check it out it i there's there's a handful of things where i where i feel like 100 percent confident you know knowing people's character and stuff I, i'm like i could recommend righteous gemstones to most everybody i know and be like and know it, it'll be a hit for them yeah it's definitely on my list i'm gonna check it out for sure um all right let's yeah. um let's move into uh last shift um yeah. yeah so this movie scared the shit out of john and i and uh it's one of the it's hard to do that. It really is. It's hard to do that. Like not much. And you probably hear that from a lot of people, you know, and it's not something to say to be cool. It's just not a lot of us at this point. And that was one of those ones where I was like, what the fuck is this? Like you have all these other movies coming out and then this last shift movie kind of creeped in and it was like serious. Like it was, there was no jokes in that movie. It was not funny. It was just balls to the wall intense. And uh, how did you get involved in it? Was that an audition? Was that, you know, um, it was, yeah. I well, so my my buddy Ryan Spindell had kind of put me across Anthony DeBlasi's plate. So Spindell, um, I, I went to film school with. I went to Florida State with. He was in film school. I was in the school of theater, and I did some of his short films. Um, he has since done. Uh, I don't know if, if you, I'm sure you guys have Shutter, but the, he his he has a film called The Mortuary Collection. Oh yeah, Shutter. I love that movie. I it's absolutely an, love that movie. Yeah. Um, and it's an anthology horror or whatever. And, and I did storyboards for that. And I've been, you know, uh, 
kicking around project. I wrote a project with Ryan and whatever. And so we were close and the horror community is very tight knit. And Ryan knew that Anthony was shooting this thing and he kind of passed along my, my beats to him and um, said, you know, you'd be good for this kind of Manson-esque guy that haunts the station. And they also didn't have a, a huge budget. So they were able to, they needed somebody who would be affordable and I, I am still affordable. Like I, didn't, I haven't done, you know, I, I had at that point I hadn't done anything and still, I, you know, uh, I'm still very cheap. Uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was easy, it was an easy uh, thing to commit to. And, um, you know, we, they shot it over the course, I think 10 days. I, I, no I shit, think it was the that was something like, it was, oh my God, it was crazy fast. Yeah. And, and I think I only worked three days. The, yeah, Juliana worked obviously the whole time, but the, yeah, they had a, uh, they shot in, in Stanford, Florida at a abandoned police precinct. <clears throat> and, um, Lee Grimes who handled the makeup on it. I think that's really where, you know, whatever, uh, whatever they paid Lee, he, he deserved you know, uh, 10 times or, or more. Um, but he, you know, did such a phenomenal job on the, on the pentagram makeup. And, uh, I think really made that film, uh, kind of, kind of stand out, but yeah, it, you know, when it was a contained horror and, and so I, I think Anthony had a real good sense that we could do this thing all in one location, uh, had, you know, a small cast. So it was, it was manageable to, to do that quickly. And, and for next to nothing, I, I'm not sure what the actual budget was, but I, I, I believe it was something around 50 grand, like nothing. Wow. That's crazy. Maybe a hundred grand. The production quality yeah, of that I, movie looks way more than that. That's insane. Yeah. He had, you know, Anthony, Anthony and Scott Poiley, who was one of the producers, Scott has, he does some of his own horror stuff occasionally. And, um, but, they work well as a team and they, they get stuff done very cheap. I, I don't know. I, I keep trying to tell Anthony, you know, Hey man, it's time to make that prequel or, or sequel. And, uh, he, he, you know, considers it, I think, but I don't, I don't know if he, what, what he's been working on lately. A prequel would be amazing. I am so down for that to see what happened. Like the, like prior to the first one, when the murders went down, that would be, that's a badass idea. That would be great to see that happen. So hopefully you yeah, can persuade him yeah. to do that. <laughs> Man, I would love to do it. I, I, every time I watch clips from it, I'm like, man, I would have done that a lot differently. I, I want another stab at it. Well, um, I don't. I know you said that you're not a big horror fan uh, because it, like, you know, it scares you and all. But uh, there's this uh, horror yeah. film from 1988 yeah. called Night of the Demons, and on the cover, that's one of my favorite posters because the poster and the cover is the main villain of the film, like full fledged possessed on the poster. Just it wasn't like something that you hinted at; it was just right there in your face. And she's holding like yeah. an invitation, and it says, you know, you're invited to Angela's party. And the director Kevin S. Tinney had said that he did that on purpose. He said he put her on the poster like that on purpose because he wanted people to look at that poster and know whether or not that was a movie they wanted to see and he said like and uh yeah. you know and i think that that's what happened with last shift like you know you like because it's not often that you see like a hardcore image like that like a pentagram like that's not something you would you're used to seeing on the dvd rack or blu-ray rack at walmart you know what i mean it's like holy shit there's this dude yeah. with sharp teeth and a pentagram carved into his face and i feel that it's that same effect where when you look at that you're either going ooh no that's too scary or you're going holy shit i'm in 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's uh, spot on. I I was pretty amazed that that I was able to yeah to end up on that cover because that yeah Stephen um, shit I can't remember uh, what is Stephen's last name uh, Stephen shit but the, uh, this cat Stephen handled the the design and he he took me aside and took those photos and I was thinking the whole time like oh this will be you know for the inside of the DVD or whatever it won't be anything. Uh, it won't be used up front like that. But when, when I saw the poster, I was, yeah, yeah, that was bonkers. They also have one where they used, I, I think the, they called the character bash face or whatever. It's the kind of the, the woman who has her face bashed in right, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, they have a poster of that too. They, they did a couple different, different ones, but, uh, the one that, yeah, they used on Netflix was the, what the half pentagram or whatever. Yeah, and that's the uh, that's on the Blu-ray and DVD as well. So that was something you found out at like post production. You didn't know during like production that you were going to be the face of the movie. No, I and I think that's a testament to Lee's makeup. You know that he he did such a fucking bomb ass job on the on the design of this this uh, this creature effects that he, he, I think they they were like there's you know they kind of forced their hand there's nothing like we have to use it, it looks so yeah cool. it's such a strong image it really is how long did the makeup take to apply I it was I was in the chair a couple hours um, each time I think I went through the makeup three times um, but yeah I, I think it was probably a couple hours I, I Lee has a, a stop motion of it and I thought it might be on the special features of the DVD but I I can't remember. Okay, well, um, well, so you don't remember it being no like Freddy Krueger eight hour grueling like experience though. It wasn't nothing like that. No, it was terrible. And Lee's such a sweetheart, so it was, you know, it's just chatting with a a guy who has had a, an amazing. It was funny because, you know, I knew Lee had worked Walking Dead a little bit when I worked on Last Shift, and th- there's a in season eight, um, my character's getting. We're, we've been captured and my character's getting, um, tr- you know, transported in this, this kind of chain gang, um, by Morgan and a bunch of the Morgan and Carrie Cahill who plays Diane, um, and a, a couple other folks on the show, but, um, it was a big Walker day and, and lo and behold, Lee had come up to do additional makeup on, on walking dead and, um, you know, I knew he was part of the world and part of the universe and was called occasionally, but I, you just never expect to see folks that you've worked on other stuff with. And, uh, he, you know, he, he's just a, a talent. Well, um, I got to ask you, what was the, the mood like uh, on the set of the film? I know you just, you know, it, I, you just uh, made us aware that it was like a 10 day schedule. So that's insanely fast for a movie like that. Um, so uh, was there, was it like just fast paced? Did you have fun on the set? I mean, it's a serious movie where you have girls with their faces being beat, you know, uh, like you were just talking about the, the girl that's on the cover who uh, her face is beaten in with a baseball bat. You have things like that in the movie and yeah. pentagrams carved into faces. It's such a dreadful, serious movie. And it was such a fast production like was there like was it fun on set or was it just more like banging out scenes and calling it a day no it was it, it we had fun I, I mean the sarah and cat who are were the john michael payman minions or whatever um you know they're sweethearts we had a we we had a lot of time to hang out we when we were called we were all called the same days and stuff and um you know it, it was a and juliana 
Juliana um, is is a sweetheart too. And uh, it was one of my first kind of like larger films. So I, I didn't really have a lot to, you know, now I can kind of sense, you know, set dynamic a little bit differently. And if anything was going wrong, I was not aware of it. It They, they just kind of, it was very clear they they knew the movie they were going to make and um you know they obviously did it okay i don't think scott i don't i don't think uh, uh anthony really had to kill a lot of darlings and you know i think he got pretty much everything he wanted I, I and i think he's amazing that way um to to be able to shoot a movie that quickly and on such a small budget um i, I can imagine that he'd, he'd uh you know that'd be pretty attractive to a lot of folks yeah, absolutely. A lot of producers that want to shoot something. Yeah. Um, I, I know, again, uh, going back to you not liking horror, but did you see his prior film, uh, Casadaga, that he had done? Yeah. So, uh, well, yeah. Or Casadaga. Casadaga, um, yeah, yeah. He also did, yeah, Midnight Meat Train, too. Yeah, I checked that stuff out before I, I worked the, the film. And, and Midnight Meat Train's got a, a bullet tooth Tony from Snatch. What's that, <laughs> that guy's name? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Shit. who you're talking about. I can't remember his name either. I know who you're yeah. talking about, though. Oh, it's bothering me. I yeah, can't that, remember. That actor's awesome. Vinnie Jones. Yeah. Vinnie Jones. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Yep. Uh, yeah. Fant- I just fucking love that guy. Everything I see him in. I mean, he plays the same guy in everything, <laughs> just a hard ass, but fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I had familiarized myself with, with Anthony's, Anthony's stuff. It's, it's not that I hate horror. Yeah. I, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I just. I mean, I love I love the campier stuff. I, I love like I, Gremlins was one of my favorite movies. It was my favorite movie as a child. Yeah, I, and that I, wasn't that scary to me. Right. Well, I figured you know. I'm not saying obviously. I don't. I know you don't hate horror. It's just uh, you people yeah, are right. affected yeah. by it. People, yeah. you know, obviously some people exactly. are a little bit more apprehensive. I have friends all the time that say they like horror, but when I show them a new movie, they're like, I don't know if I'd watch that. So there's people have limits. You know, that's totally yeah, understandable. No, I flip on. I'd sooner flip on some Harry Potter, man. Oh, my wife loves Harry Potter. That's all she talks about. I'm the horror like guy. It. She's the Harry Potter person. So it's like I got to put up with her Harry Potter shit, and she's got to put up with my horror yeah. shit. So that's just I, she oh, takes me to the, Harry Potter banners, world. And, huh? Yeah, she takes me to Harry Potter world. Uh, yeah. and I take her to horror cons. So that's just the way it goes. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah. Did uh did she make you do your your house situation where you uh. Oh no! You get put this, into a house and your Patronus. This is uh, like my man cave, and <laughs> she bought these flags and back of me, and had nothing like nowhere to put them. So they ended up in my man cave. So there you go. <laughs> that's, love yeah, it. that's. Perfect. I mean, I don't mind that. That's cool to have her little touch in there. You know what I mean? So she can have that. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, well, um, so what was it like, though? I got to ask you, like, you knew going into the uh, last shift that you were playing the leader of a cult, like, that was Manson-esque. Um, so, like, how was that? Was that, like, immediately fun for you, just knowing, like, I'm going in playing a total fucking scumbag? Or did you go in with the mentality of, like, did you, like, think about, like, how could I just be the sleaziest piece of shit that I could be? You know what I mean? Or did you just take the director's uh, notes? No, I was I was actually, I, I used Manson as a, as a uh yeah as the guy i i would i was doing my best manson impersonation to be be honest i watched um well anthony kind of led me in that direction too he he gave me uh, uh there's a there's a manson documentary about the manson girls and um you know the craziness where he went out to the whatever desert and had them all tripping balls and you know he crucified he crucified himself and basically posited himself as this Christ figure to these completely 
you know, drugged out of their mind uh, followers. And yeah, so I, I used a lot of that stuff, but I also, I, I think, I think I really had a hard time approaching it because I was, I think I got caught up thinking like, Oh, this guy is like, a, a you know, he's a payment is, is a real character in lore. You know, uh, I don't, I don't, I guess he appears in the Bible somewhere and he's some, one of, one of Satan's minions or whatever the fuck, but you know, as much as I do. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I, I don't exactly know, but I know. So I had a hard, I, I was, a, I, I got caught up in that world. Like, you know, over, I just overthought it. I, I, if I was going to do it again, I would have approached it just, just like he's Manson. He's someone that knows how to control people. Um, but I, you know, the, the kind of spiritual aspect of it, I it kind of fucked me up. I mean, I think you did a great job, though. I, I know yeah. you're saying that you, know, that, you, that you wished, you know, that you had done this differently. But, you know, obviously that's that's everybody. You know, John Carpenter watches his movies and finds nothing but flaws in them. But as the, as the viewer, uh, nothing about your performance was ruined, man. Like, you were creepy as shit. You were the main villain of the movie. And every Thanks, time you man. were on screen, you were dreadful. You scared the shit out of my wife. Thanks, like, man. You know, seriously, you know, yeah. Like, there might have been things you'd do differently. But seriously, you did a fucking amazing job. You know, like, that. there's... I have Thanks, passed... It was, it was cool. And... The, Oh, that that whole like I'm a dancing flame. That that monologue was impossible for me to memorize because I was like, this all this shit makes no fucking sense to me. <laughs> and that and that's what makes them so good. Yeah, yep. yeah, it, it, yeah. It's it, a lot of obscurity that yeah, just yeah, builds the the creep factor, I guess. Um. So okay, I have to ask you this question. I have. I need to know this. Um. Has anyone you know? like family friends uh friends of friends has anybody said anything specifically to you or have you heard stories about people watching the film and being affected by that cop with the gunshot wound in the back of his head because nobody saw that shit coming bro i'm telling you look i watched that movie i jumped out of my fucking seat okay i remember that me and my wife freaked out like nobody saw that coming i literally passed that dvd on to like several friends uh, and, and my one friend texted me at two in the morning and he goes, dude, what the fuck? I just fucking screamed at the cop scene. And I'm like, that scene seems to be the one scene that like everybody takes away from the movie. Did anybody say anything to you specifically about that? Like, did you hear anything like people like, Hey man, that movie's fucked up. Like that cop was great. Like I didn't see that coming. Oh, I, no, I, I felt the same way. That, that did take me by surprise. Cause I, I mean, I had read the script, but you know, you, when you read the script, when you're going into something and then the, it, it comes out whatever nine months later sometimes i don't i can't remember how long it took for, for this thing to go from production to post but it, it took a little while and um yeah i completely forgot about it seeing it again was like oh fuck that's just bonkers and a funny story about that they had a the poor guy i can't remember the, the actor's name but he was a sweetheart but he uh they hooked a a um air compressor hose like on the back of his head so that he was gonna you know they just pump a little air through it and it would blast out and the the thing wasn't secured well to the back of his head and so just like anything that any hose that gets pressure through it it whips around and so and it had had the brass you know coupling or whatever on the on the end of it and fucking wax him like essentially concusses him the first time they go for the thing damn yeah the poor guy um but and he only had i think one day on because 
he shot that he shot that scene at the beginning where he's like the other cop at the precinct and then come to find out he's actually dead um but yeah that was uh that was a cool bit for sure yeah and uh drew touched on the manson aspect um now now do you think that uh john michael payman was out there getting his hands dirty or was he being like a little bitch like like manson from the sidelines telling other people to do stuff yeah i think i think it was kind of insinuated that he had he had his girls do everything you know and to the point where sarah and and i think kitty i think they one of them's named kitty payman and I can't remember the other's other's name, but yeah, Cat and Sarah, Sarah, the actors Sarah Skulko and Cat Kilger, the actors playing um, those those Manson girls. I think they were kind of my my two head minions. And uh, how much did you get to uh, do do your character yourself, or was it all pretty much right in the script? Yeah, I, I didn't feel very comfortable ad libbing or doing anything wild in in uh, in character there. I. I was I was pretty much a, a conduit for for uh, the script and, and what Anthony wanted, especially the the stuff that was more specific when when you know the monster payment reveals himself to in the cell to Juliana's character Juliana's character, um, you know taking the mask off and with the pentagram it, that was very specific because they were going for obviously that certain look so Anthony was off you know behind camera being like all right you know wider mouth wider mouth all right let's go again uh, roll you know and there was projection happening over the top of it too and um and all that stuff was practical there's I, I don't think there there was no cg effects in there so like the the pan away from the door and then the pan back in and the chairs are stacked or whatever that that was all handled practically they they had a yeah uh they they did everything practical on that that film yeah that yeah, was, that was, was a pretty crazy tower of chairs too i know right i yeah i don't know I, mean, I don't know if it was a cut but you know a cut on the pan but i think they they managed it yeah uh practically and uh what, what upcoming projects do you have uh going on well i did um i did a film called brothers it's a peter dinklage and josh brolin movie i play a redneck scumbag in a in the beginning of the of the film that, that it should be pretty fun um and then uh i'm on a big i did a an episode of a big netflix show that folks will see eventually and the, one of the bigger netflix shows which is cool and um congrats thank you and and i just did pickups on a on a netflix movie called they clone tyrone it's jamie fox john boyega um and it and it's going to be pretty fucking funny i think it's it's kind of a, a horror thriller in the vein of get out kind of okay kind of film um and uh yeah i i'm yeah and then i'm i'm moving on next year early next year i'm, I'm working a film called lily that's uh about lily ledbetter in the women's fair pay pay movement that's awesome and uh where where can people keep up with you online to uh see your projects when they come out yeah, I'm on uh, I'm on Instagram um, at Joshua Michael, I think, and also on Twitter at Josh Michael or I, I don't know one of those that you there, you can find me there. I I uh, I try and share. I, I, if people are looking for a lot of film stuff, I, I usually I, I share a lot of. I, I got a garden and I, I do a lot of work around my house. My, I'm I'm pretty fucking boring when it on <laughs> on on my social media, but. 
please, you know, by all means, come come for the boring. Well, we definitely want to thank you for coming on today. We love last shifts, especially righteous gemstones. Uh, and uh, we we're definitely happy to have you on, and uh, hopefully we'll get to talk to you again soon. Hell yeah, John! Thank you, and thank you, Drew. Appreciate yeah, y'all. This is fun, man. Yeah, thank you for being on, man. It was awesome. Hell yeah! Thank y'all. Thanks to all the horror hounds and smokers out there for tuning in. Thank you again to Joshua Michael for joining us today. And I mean, it was fucking cool getting to hear him do the line from Righteous Gemstones. Besides Last Shift, if you haven't seen Righteous Gemstones, season two just started. Uh, they're not paying us. I'm just, the show's fucking amazing. You got to watch season one as well. And uh, anyway, join us next week when we're going to talk about Scream 2022. I mean, come on. What is it? Stop doing this where you need <laughs> the movie the same as the original. Just Scream 5. Scream 5 works. Anyway, join us next week and we'll uh, give, give you our uh, thoughts and our review about that. Make sure to follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and High on Horror 420. You can always email us at highonhorror420 at gmail.com. Make sure to go to our website. You can sign up for our newsletter. You'll get our newest episodes and guest announcements sent directly to your inbox. And you can sign up on our website again at highonhorror.com. And uh, I think that'll about wrap her up. Catch you later. Bye, everybody. <laughs>